Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 164. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. My name is Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist, helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. Each week, we bring you multiple episodes designed to help you go further faster in accomplishing your goals and dreams. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here today to talk about the science of selling with David Hoffeld. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's great to be with you. Yeah, excited to have you on one week after the launch of your new book. So this is super excited to get to, uh, you know, make some space to talk about this. David is the author of The Science of Selling and the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer at Hoffeld Group, one of the nation's top research-based sales and consulting firms. He's pioneered a revolutionary sales approach based on research in neuroscience, social psychology, and behavioral economics that's been proven to radically increase sales. Because of the results of his insights, David is a sales and leadership contributor to Fast Company and has been featured in Fortune, U.S. News and World Report, The Wall Street Journal, Harvard Business Review, CBS Radio, Fox News, and more. And you can learn more about his science-backed sales strategies at www. Dot Hoffeldgroup.com. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Welcome to the show, David. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Pumped to have you here. So let's get right down to business here because you know what? Most of our listeners are entrepreneurs, aspiring one, or leaders that are responsible in some way, shape, or form for getting results, uh, whether it's individually as a producer or through others. So I was thrilled to have the honor of bringing you on the show today to talk about your book and to talk about the research that you've done in and around the the neuroscience and the psychology of buying because I think that this is something that is still really widely misunderstood. So tell me about it. You're absolutely right. And this is the good news for anyone in business. And that is selling is a learnable skill. We, we used to in the past think that some people were just born good salespeople and well, the rest of us, well, we weren't. But science has put away that myth permanently. And here's how we know that. There has been now decades of scientific research focused on understanding how our brains make choices and which factors influence what we say, how we act, and what we decide to buy. And because of this revolutionary research in many different scientific disciplines like social psychology, behavioral economics, cognitive psychology, and neuroscience, we now understand the specific behaviors that can help people choose in one direction versus another. So we can now align how we sell with how the brain is literally wired to construct a buying decision. And the good news is, Kelly, that this can take anyone, regardless of your natural ability or starting place, anyone can improve their ability to compellingly present a product or service by aligning how they sell with these buying principles. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, you know, once again, you know, you're David, you're putting in the laps of our listeners absolute control over their destiny and future because you're saying, hey, learn these principles, focus on these core concepts, begin to see immediate improvement in your results. So where do we start? Where, where is the beginning of understanding this buying process, David? 
The first thing is to understand that it exists because up until very recently, all this fascinating research that really tells us how we should now sell has been hidden away in academic journals. So a lot of salespeople, marketers, even business leaders did not have access to it. But the great news is this is no longer the case. It's been taken out. And not only that, but it's been practically applied in the world of business and selling, meaning you don't have to go back to school and get a PhD to understand this stuff. It is actionable, it's practical, and most importantly of all, it works. And one last thing I'll say that's, I think, one of the biggest insights for me early on in my research was, not only does this help you sell and influence more effectively, but people enjoy being sold to in this way because it's how, as consumers, our brains are wired to make decisions. And all of us can relate to being frustrated working with salespeople when they've kind of violated that process. They make it hard for us to make choices and we don't know what to do. And we walk out confused or if we make a choice, we're not confident in it. When you align your behaviors with this science, it helps people buy. It creates deeper customer loyalty. You get more referrals. It's better for you, but even more importantly, it's better for those you're trying to serve, your customers. I love that. So I think you've gotten everyone's attention now and hopefully already created a shift in insight and mindset around the fact that this is a controllable process and it is something that anyone can begin um, becoming good at. What are the first steps in understanding even our own buying psychology so that we can then thoughtfully start approaching the way that we sell a little bit differently? Absolutely. What our brains do, an important thing to understand is that our brains take all kind of shortcuts constantly. We call them in behavioral science heuristics. Now, what these are are rules of thumb or mental shortcuts we all make constantly. It's how our brains make rapid choices. For instance, anytime we meet someone, we're instantly forming a first impression. Research shows that we can do this within seconds. We can get a strong first impression of another person. How does our brain do that? It makes a lot of rapid judgments. And our brains do this out of sheer necessity. Otherwise, we would be paralyzed by the amount of decisions we make every day. Well, the good news is, Kelly, we know what these little mental shortcuts are now. Scientists over numerous decades have codified them. So we know what they are, and they are literally the rules of influence. And when you align how you sell with them, you're more effective. Let me give you one real simple that everyone can use right now today, and that is this. When you present your products or services, Oftentimes, we'll only present one option. We'll find out about our customers, and we'll say, here's what I recommend for you, and we'll share that one with them. Here's what the research shows, though. Our brains assign a very high level of risk when only presented with one option. One study, in fact, found that when uh, potential customers were presented with only one product option, around 10% purchased. However, when presented with a second product option, buying behaviors went up by over 600 percent. Here is why. Because our brains are comparison machines. Every time we look at a product or service or a price, we instinctively compare it to something else. It's how our brains determine if something is good or not so good. We compare it to what we thought it would be or how much it cost last time or what we were told it would cost. When this is not able to be done easily, our brains assign a high level of risk. So for example, I recommend whenever you show a product or service, always show at least two different options. This will allow people to choose between the two, select the right one for them, and this win reduces the perception of risk and has been proven in numerous studies to significantly boost buying behavior. 
I love it. Okay, that is that's a very clear immediate takeaway, and and I think we've all probably gone through that experience ourselves. And I think when you do only present one option because you're seeking that decision making power, you then are tempted to look at other options outside of the person yes. or company that's right in front of you because they only presented you with one option. So beautiful. I love it. Can you give us another principle just like that, David? That that's crystal clear that people can take action on right away. Absolutely. And this one is on the same line. It's trying to eliminate risk because our brains, when we assign level of risk to making a choice, we usually won't do it. So we got a lower risk. How do we do that? We have to boost trust. Think of risk and trust as opposite ends of a seesaw. When risk is high, trust is often low. When trust is high, perception of risk goes down. So how do we do that? Here's an alarming and sometimes a counterintuitive study that really shows us exactly what we can do. And that is, it was, comes out of Carnegie Mellon. They looked at, had experts present I, their ideas to a group of people. And they were, wanted to see how likely those people were to act on what the experts said. If the experts presented in ways that did not appear, didn't display acts of confidence. So they, they were clearly experts. Everyone in the room knew they were an expert in the field, but they didn't present in overly confident ways. Then they had that same audience listen to individuals who were not experts, and everyone knew it, but they presented in extremely confident ways. They were very certain of what they were saying. They wanted to see who would people more likely to follow. The research shows people are significantly more likely to act on the ideas of those who present with confidence but are not experts. And that is alarming, but our brains, when we see someone present with confidence, we naturally assume that what they're saying is a safer thing to follow than someone who might be an expert but doesn't. So what do I tell my uh, potential customers, my business owners I work with, salespeople? You must present with confidence. You have to look at your nonverbal behavior. You have to focus on being confident. Even if you don't feel it, act confident. There's things researchers show called power movements, meaning I would look at when you're confident, how do you move? How do you speak? Identify those specific traits that are unique to you and then begin to force yourself to use them even if you don't feel confident because what the research shows is this will create the perception of confidence and what's even more interesting is when you act confident even if you don't feel it within a very short time you'll notice that because you're acting confident you start to feel more confident so our feelings often follow our behaviors so act confident and you may find that people are far more likely to follow what you say. So, so interesting. And it's it's funny because as you were saying it, I was thinking to myself, you know, when someone speaks with certainty and confidence, you feel safer with that person. And then you you actually said that. You said, you know, because it, it, it makes you feel safe. And it's so true. You know, people want to align themselves with someone that they feel safe following. And you don't feel safe following someone's guidance or recommendation that doesn't seem sure themselves. And I think that Many times um, entrepreneurs actually repel customers and, and prospects and, and potential sales in their business because they themselves are not confident and therefore their their prospect can pick up on that, right? Exactly like you're saying here and, and there it goes. You're exactly right. Exactly right. These are incredible principles. Do you have one more key principle you can share with us, David? These are fabulous. I do. There's so many, and we talk about these in the book. And once you learn them, as I mentioned, they're literally the rules of influence. Let me tell you one that is um, one that really kills a lot of sales. And until people are aware of it, 
it will cost you money. I know in the past it's cost me money, and pretty much everyone I train it to says, oh, I violated this. Here's what it is. It's called reactance. And Kelly, I'll describe it this way by asking you a question. When you walk past a sign that says, don't touch wet paint, what do you want to do? Touch that wet paint. Exactly. <laughs> you, you want to touch the wet paint. I asked that question yes. to CEOs, salespeople, business leaders. Everyone says the same thing. I want to touch the wet paint. Why is that? What do you get out of touching wet paint? The answer is, well, you, you get wet paint on your hands and then on your clothes. Nothing good comes of it. But why is it that a sign that tells us not to do something actually inspires us to do it? The answer is because of what is known as reactants. And what is reactance? It's the feelings of pressure that occur when people believe their ability to freely choose is being restricted by another. Many companies now, many uh, communities will actually have uh, signs that say, please pitch in instead of don't litter. They mm. find it drives down littering. So this is a big deal in selling because oftentimes when we try to speed up sales cycles, and create urgency, we induce reactants. And that is people feel that you, as a salesperson or a business leader, are pressuring them to act and they push back. Because the research shows when we feel reactants, just like when someone says, you know, don't touch wet paint, a sign says that, we want to touch it. Likewise, when we feel reactants, we instinctively push back and this will cost us, sales will stall. Sometimes it can even cost you a loss of sale. So what do you do? The good news is that the research shows us exactly what to do because there have been studies on how do you reduce reactance? Here's what the research shows. You need to let people know that it's up to them. It's their choice because good choice or not, people want to feel that it's theirs. For example, one research study, they had participants, research assistants go to a mall and the researchers would have them pretend to be panhandlers and they would ask people that pass by for money. And once they had a closing rate, they could predict how many people out of 100 would stop and give them money. They would then have the Research assistants reduce reactants at the end of the request by saying, of course, it's up to you. Of course, it's up to you. What happened, Kelly? Compliance went up by 400% by using a simple phrase like that. So whenever you try to ask someone to do something or create a little bit of urgency, which sometimes you need to do, it's in people's best interest to move forward now, Make sure that they don't feel that you're pressuring them. Don't create reactants. What do you do? At the end of the request, let them know it's up to them. If you structure your request for urgency correctly, you're not letting anyone off the hook, but you're reducing the feelings of pressure that you are pressuring them, but the urgency is still there. So let them know it's up to them. Of course, this is your choice, and you'll find people are more likely to choose in your favor when you do that. That is fantastic. I, I these, these are so powerful. I can't wait to have my team listen to this episode. Uh, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. So one of the things that I hear from entrepreneurs and small business owners a lot is that they really struggle with how to open a dialogue with a prospect and to do it in such a way that comes across as genuine and actually builds rapport and, and gets the person to be open to engaging versus, you know, turning them off, right? So what are some of the things based on psychology and your studies and, and your work, David, that you would recommend for entrepreneurs listening that, you know, need to boost their results and their confidence in approaching prospects and, and doing it in an effective way that's going to open up a, a true meaningful dialogue with them? 
That's a very important question because a lot of organizations, this is where they struggle. It's how do you mm -hmm. get new potential yes. customers conversations with them? Yeah. Two things I'll say about that. The first one is the reality we all need to grasp is that people are not interested in our products, in our in our companies, they're not overly curious. We have to help them. We have to create that curiosity. So just going and sharing or trying to you know, approach people and say, hey, we might be able to help. Can I spend an hour with you asking some questions? It isn't going to work. People are too busy today. There's too much noise in the marketplace. It, it doesn't work. What we need to do is we must interrupt with value. We talk about leveraging a powerful scientific principle to do this, that we build our uh, strategies to accomplish this exact thing, and that is called reciprocity. Reciprocity is a social norm, and it says that we should repay others for what they have done for us. So what we recommend that potential our potential customers and business owners and salespeople do is to understand who their potential customer is. Do a little research on them. Understand what they value. And then I want to create something. Perhaps it's a white paper. Perhaps it's an ebook. Perhaps it's just an insight I found by looking at their business. And I want to give that to them for free. I want to stop and start with value. So stop um, them and start the conversation with value. Leverage that reciprocity because here's what I know. People don't care about me, but they care about them. And, but if I can offer them something of meaningful value, then they're going to give me a few minutes of their time. And that allows me to start a dialogue and ask questions. So that's what we do. So, for example, if you have a, let's say you say a, you sell a uh, hiring software, you know, instead of calling people up and say, hey, if I can spend a few minutes with you, I can share with you about our hiring software, you're going to get rejected at a very high rate. Instead, Start with, let's create a white paper on, you know, five hiring practices that will boost your, your next hire, the effectiveness of it. And then call and interrupt them with that. Say, hey, I wanted to send you this new white paper we just created on five strategies that will boost your, your hiring ability. Uh, where would you like me to send that to? And then once they accept that, now they're very open uh, to answer some of your questions. So always start with the customer in mind. Always start with value. And you'll find people are much more likely to reciprocate by giving you their time. I love it. I couldn't agree more. And today is the day. Now is the time. I mean, never has it been so easy to create value at home, at your leisure, at, on your own schedule, whether it's creating a podcast like we're doing right now, a video live streaming from your iPhone and in your home office, um, you know, doing a webinar. There's so many beautiful ways that you can add that over the top value absolutely for free on your own terms um, so that like you said you can dramatically reduce that rejection rate and have something valuable and meaningful to approach prospects with so thank you for that David absolutely yeah and it also demonstrates too your competency too so it starts off right off the bat you're giving them something of value that's really aligned with your value propositions as well and so it kind of kills two birds with one stone but it opens the door in very productive ways instead of trying to so many times salespeople try to fish for value they ask potential customers to spend their time on an expedition to see if we can find value. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work in today's world. It's too, people are too busy. They're exactly. just, they're not gonna do it. You have to start by giving value because that's the shift. And there's many shifts in the marketplace in the last five to 10 years. One of them is our potential customers demand, demand value through every stage of the sale, not yes. just when they buy. We have to constantly be value creators. If we're not, we'll lose to competitors who are. 
Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So important. So, so important. So it sounds like you've done some work in terms of studying the characteristics in which people tend to look at others as an authority figure. And I think authority marketing and positioning and becoming an influencer is absolutely critical as a part of the entrepreneurial journey today. Can you share a couple principles around authority positioning and the psychology behind what people would look for in someone? that they would consider to be an influencer and and give some advice to our listeners on how they can start to step into that role, which is so crucial, especially in the online marketing world. Absolutely. Yeah, you're spot on as well. The marketplace has shifted right now and thought leaders are dominating. In fact, the time now for businesses not to try to get into thought leadership, it's past. I mean, all of us have to be doing that regardless of what we're selling. And so when we talked about leveraging that value, trying to get reciprocity, so we need to start putting out content because that's what we're looking for. People are, before they're making a buying decision, all of us are Googling, right? We're pulling out our phones, we're going to the computer or a tablet, and we're looking information up. So what the research shows is that approximately 60% of the buying process has already happened before a salesperson enters. And so we as salespeople are entering into the sale later than ever before. Now that matters and what we do matters in our stage of the sale for sure. But a lot of the information people are finding out about you and your competitors is gleaned from online. And so you want to constantly be putting out insights, whether it's via social media or articles or podcasts or videos. Regardless of what you're doing, think, how can I serve people? What questions do people have that I can answer, that I can position myself as this go-to expert? Because if they start reading your articles or watching your videos or listening to your podcast, they're far more likely now to engage you and do business with you than if they're not. So you start getting their trust and you get in front of them by continually putting out content that is going to separate you. We did this, for example, on Twitter. We had, about two and a half years ago, I wasn't on Twitter at all, and I had secured my name, but I said, you know, I got to get on Twitter. I've been thinking about it. I got to go all in. And so we just went crazy putting out just really strong content, some of our research and other people's and insights. And right now, I have 102,000 followers on Twitter. We grew, in the first six months, we grew to 42,000 followers. Just was crazy growth. And what it was was we were just putting out content that our potential customers, our audience, would be interested in, and they reciprocated by giving us their time and attention. And in today's world, that's what we're fighting for. We are all fighting for attention. It's such a busy marketplace, so we got to position ourselves as authority by putting out good, meaningful content. Love that. So true. And, you know, I think the most recent stat said that the average attention span is about seven seconds now. And I'm sure that's going down by the day, given the way that things are trending. Can you give any, um, do you have any thoughts or any specific feedback around that short attention span and things that individuals can do um, in the process of making a first impression, whether it's through content or interactions or whatever the case, to make it count and, and to get people to stay. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many things we can do to create that positive first impression. And that matters because it creates what we call confirmation biases, which is basically the lens through which you look at another person. So it matters a great deal. One of the ways that I always tell salespeople, because there's so many manipulative ideas out there on how to build rapport, one of the ways that the research says is very genuine and it's easy to execute. And that is the best way to get people to like you 
is to first like them. There's some really fascinating research on this. We talk about it in the book that shows that it's very hard for people, once they find out that someone likes them or thinks highly of them, to not like them back. It's very difficult. All of us can relate to that. We may not like a certain person, but we find out they said something positive about, uh, about us, and instantly our view of them goes up. We think, well, they can't be that bad, right? They think, they think some high, so highly about me. So what do we do? I say you need to show people that you like them. So how do you do that? You focus on something you like about an individual when you meet with them. Could be the way they're dressed. Could be their mannerisms. Could be the company they work for. You don't even have to tell them what it is. But just by focusing your mind on it, you'll treat them differently. Uh, often this happens unconsciously where we start – we just engage with people. We're more – we present ourselves in ways and people understand. They see that, well, this person – they're really responding favorably to me, and then they respond in kind, and they'll look more favorably on you. So the best way to build rapport with someone is to first like them. Just think about something about the individual you genuinely like, and then you'll, that'll change, naturally change your behavior with them, and they will respond in kind, and you'll find within minutes this can have just an astounding effect on a relationship. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And I think it's really interesting, too, because people are always, you know, asking the question, how do I get the attention of influencers? And it's like, go first, right? So promote their stuff, share their stuff, you know, help, you know, to engage other people in their brand, buy their products, align yourself with them, be one of their success stories. And, and I think that's exactly what you're breaking down here for people. So what inspired you to write your new book that you just released, David? Yeah, this book is built on about 10 years of research. In fact, uh, it's thousands of scientific studies we've looked at and kind of tried to translate into sales. And starting many years ago when I stumbled on an academic journal in social psychology and I applied what I read in the world of selling. I was a VP of sales at the time and I started getting results. And so I began to adopt a very odd hobby. I would read academic journals and spend ridiculous amounts of time and money learning this science and applying it into selling and um, began to experience some rapid success with the company that I was uh, VP of sales for. And we also then launched my firm in 2009, January of 2009, and have helped companies really around the world apply this science. And it gives them an unfair advantage in today's competitive marketplace because the, the closer your way of selling is aligned to how the brain makes a buying decision, the more effective you'll be. And the further away your way of selling is from how the brain makes a buying decision, the less effective you'll be. And so one of the reasons I wrote the book was just to make this – take it to more people because I think salespeople deserve to know this. And once they learn some basic principles, they're able to sometimes significantly uh, impact their sales. I mean just some of the studies we've talked about. Here in the last few minutes, you know, sometimes the results can be, you know, a couple hundred percent in compliance goes up. And so when you apply a number of these basic principles, it can have some resounding effects on your business. And so the key is to learn these rules of influence, to learn how our buyers buy and align how we sell with that, to really focus on our potential customers. And the more you do that, the more fun it gets and the more successful you can become. Beautiful. I love it. You're giving complete control back to the people listening to the show today and you're showing them how they can quickly and easily learn how to becoming a top performing salesperson, which at the end of the day, that's what running any effective firm is all about, being able to teach and mold and help others to become successful at promoting your product or service. So um, David, I definitely want all of our listeners to run out there and grab a copy of your book. Where is the best place to get it? 
They can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's available right now anywhere fine books are sold. Great. I love it. And I just messaged three of my team members at Kelly Roach Coaching and said, I need you guys to go get your copy of this book and start reading it right away. We're going to be talking about it in our next team meeting. So um, you just added some incredible value here today. I really appreciate everything that you shared. Um, are there any important core principles or key things that you want to leave our audience with uh, as we wrap up today's episode? Yeah, I would just challenge everyone. The science-based selling movement is really growing rapidly right now. And you want to get on board and at least investigate it for yourself. Because what we have seen is those who are embracing and basing how they sell on some of these basic scientific principles that are relatively very easy to learn and execute, it gives them, as I mentioned earlier, an unfair advantage in today's marketplace. So you want to get on board with this before your competitors do. And that way, it'll allow you to more compellingly present your ideas. Because that's what we want is anyone in business wants people to take what we say seriously and be willing to act on it. And that's what these principles show us exactly how to do. Fantastic. Absolutely. So to all my listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, I really want to encourage you, just like I encourage my own team members to do, I want you to go out and get The Science of Selling, David's new book, to help you dominate the market and have an unfair competitive advantage against those competing in the same niche or industry of you. Um, David, any other key links or, or resources that you want to share with our audience before we wrap it up here? Yeah, and they can go to our website, Huffeld, H-O-F-F-E-L-D, group.com, and there are all kind of free resources on there, videos, articles, blogs, white papers, podcasts as well, all talking about science-based selling, and it'll give you some more understanding of it and some ways you can apply it today in your context. Fantastic. David, it was awesome having you on the show today. And I never say this, but I absolutely need to get you back on the show again, because I think that this topic is so critical to the success of all entrepreneurs. So I hope that you would be willing to come back again. Oh, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. This was fantastic. To all my listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, thank you so much for giving us 30 minutes of your time today. We value you. We appreciate you. And if you know three people, three people that want to achieve greater success personally and professionally, I hope you will take two seconds as we wrap up the show today to forward this episode to them and help them go further faster in accomplishing their goals. Thanks to David for being with me today. And for all the listeners, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.